Tippers and welcome to Winning Post's preview podcast for the weekend of Saturday, May 1. I am Winning Post, joining me as usual, and Daniel Nuttall. Well, Joel, uh, we've uh, got a dual Group 1 card for the females at Morfordville, the undoubted highlight of Saturday's racing around Australia. I've written in Winning Post and Best Bets. This week, but sunlight was a massive disappointment in the Tab Classic last year, and uh, it's up to her sister, sister, to uh, 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 redeem the family honour. But I see you guys have uh, completely gone around her and haven't found her in your top four. Yes, and I've already had that pointed out to me uh, by a a family friend who is a part owner of both, or was a part owner of Sunlight and Sistar, races in their colours. And yes, it's already been pointed out that I've left Sistar out of my numbers. Uh, look, I, I just, the way she over races at times in her races, she did that last start and was still able to win. That was 1100. So the query I've got on her is wrong, throwing the head of the air and running a strong 1200 in what is a, a pretty hot race. So that's the, the little knock I have on her, but two good fields, the group ones in Adelaide. I think it's a, a strong tab classic or sanks to stakes this year. And the Phillies go around in the Australasian Oaks and it's, yeah, uh, quite a nice race. We've got some promising lightly race types coming through and we've got a couple of Kiwi visitors to uh, make things really interesting. Not to mention uh, my selection for the Australasian Oaks, which is uh, the Tassie visitor, Hella, who uh, is, uh, hasn't uh, done a hell of a lot wrong. He's quite short, and again, but again, you both have mainly gone around her. One of you has found, him, found her for fourth, and uh, the other one not at all. Uh, Steinem is the front-page horse on Winning Post this week, The uh, which is Richo's Oaks selection. She is a $4.20 favourite, uh, but Daniel, it is a wide-open affair, the Australasian Oaks. Yeah, it is. Barks has certainly found it a tougher, uh, no more race to obviously. I've found it a, a tougher race to dissect than the um, the Group One sprints, the race before. Um, Hello, like yeah, as she, she's done nothing wrong in Tasmania, justifying the short quotes on all occasions. Has a win over Checkerboard, who has since run well in a, a Group Three during the championship. So. Um, you know, so I, don't, I think she certainly has claims here, but I just, in a wide-open race, um, better horses drawing wide barriers as well, sort of throws a spanner into the works. I think it'll be um, wide quaddy leg in the in the Oaks. All righty. Well, we'll take you right through the black type at Morfville on Saturday. Both the boys have done the form, and we start in race one, the Without Fear Stakes formerly known as the Queen Adelaide Stakes. This one, set weights for two-year-olds, listed level over 10, 50 metres. We'll start with you, Daniel. I'm with the four translation, the Godolphin filly who bolted in first up at Cranbourne. And then she, she then went, came to Adelaide last start, second up. She um, had a chance out in front there and the stable mate, Cloudy, was able to to grab her back right on the line. Cloudy has come out and franked the form with a with a Group 3 win last weekend. So the form around her reads well. Translation, uh, Willie Pike riding in Adelaide on Saturday. And this is one of his gun rides for the day. I think he can make a winning start to the day. So I've got translation on top. The 5CU in spring, it was a really nice win at Cranbourne. A pretty handy um, field behind her that night. 
um, as well. And she um, she railed really well and, and bolted clear on the turn. It was impressive performance to back up some pretty strong jump out form. The nine totally discreet, one of the unraced runners from the Stokes stable. Um, she too has been jumping out well. And not the one golfer Suez in four, four to beat five, nine and one. Yeah, I put totally discreet on top. Just always in the memory bank, a lot of these discreet horses seem to run very well at their debuts and she has jumped out well. We know it's family, these discreet families and I think she can run well from the inside gate on debut. Translation in for second, nothing wrong with her form. Three, Silent Theory. The Corstens team had three unraced youngsters entered for this race, so it was but they've accepted with this one, Craig Williams, to ride, and he certainly showed enough in his trials to respect. And five, see you in spring. Nice debut when at Cranbourne, uh, running right up to her trials. I think she's uh, certainly got a bit of a future, but nine on top for me from four, three, and five. All righty, we go across to race three at Morfordville on Saturday. It is the DC Mackay Stakes, uh, group three, quality handicap over 1,100, Daniel. Yeah, I'm hoping Pike and Godolphin can team up again. I'm with the five Pandemic on top. Um, very honest galloper. His, his last two starts at Mooney Valley and Rose Hill, though, he hasn't had much luck and <clears throat> hasn't really been able to um, get out and get out the right time there. He's forgive run in both of those. Um, he's a natural back marker, so he always needs a bit of luck to go his way. Um, but if he can get to the outside of the right time and, and get clear running, he'll certainly be coming home strongly. Uh, I think it'll be hard to hold out if he does get um, even luck and as I said, hopefully Godolphin get the day off to a fly. It's a pandemic on top for me. The two sort of mercy. Um, she too is a very honest mare. Look at her form. She's placed in 17 of 24 and won, won six of those. She was good behind Thistar last start when a month uh, when a length away in the Ballasprey listed race. Vera Dean here first up but a, a classy sprinter who has first up form, and the three, Nick Soldier, thought was in a small field on resumption, considering it was his first run for, um, I think it was about just over two years. It was a pretty handy effort in a small but select field. Drops two and a half kilos for this and has won two or three second up. Um, so expect plenty of improvement to come between runs there. Five on top of two, one and three. Uh, two sort of mercy for me. She's an informed mare. Well placed at the weights with uh, Viridine being in the of impressing the the rest of the weights. She's pretty well off. Just got that tricky gate to contend with. I guess that's the negative, but she's racing well enough to run well. Six, seven, seven. pressed forward from a wide gate. Didn't have a soft run first up, and he looked a bit disappointing. But I think he'll strip fitter. He drops four and a half kilos. Uh, five pandemic, talented horse on his day has a very good turn. Uh, allowed to show it and 10 street life in as a bit of a roughie i thought to mistakes last time it was 50 to 1 there in that wait for age race should have finished closer and uh, was a winner at oakbank at his start but two on top for me from six five and ten race four at morphville on saturday port adelaide cup 2500 meter listed quality handicap daniel yeah, pretty keen on the two, Sol and Sovereign. Uh, she was <clears throat> stepping up to the 2,400 metres at Caulfield last start. And, um, look, I, I thought she looked home there on the turn. She was um, a very good effort to run second. Mahican Heights, an informed one, was able to to overhaul her late. But um, 
It was a very good performance stepping up for the 2,400 metres. She's up at extra 100 metres here, um, back onto a track. She's had a bit of success on, I think she deserves a, another win this preparation. She's been going well all prep. Big odds first up over 1,400 metres, but uh, building into the campaign nicely and um, we'll run out a strong 2,500 metres too. So Silent Sovereign on top. The five in next, uh, Wycliffe saddled close to the speed last time and and again, very good. All three runs this preparation have been um, have been very good. And he, look, he's he's, track, he's trending the right way this time in. His form in Europe suggests that this this distance will be right up his alley, the twenty five hundred meters. Six Rebel Racer um, have to be forgiving of the last start run at Caulfield. Um, just didn't get much luck in running there. Very good winning in a, over a similar trip at Sandown Hillside. Two back. And in for fourth, Runaway Train. Uh, well, now it's been scratched, sorry. So I've got the new number, which is the nine, Lost Ark. Um, I thought it was very good over this track and trip last start. We'll, we'll roll forward here and I think give a bit, bit of a side again for 54 kilos. My numbers, two to beat five, six and nine. Yeah, five Whitecliffe for me, ticking along nicely. This prep uh, was very warm in the market last time out. Open short, stayed as a fancy two. Favorite and just lacked that turn of foot, but I thought he stayed on pretty well. He kept coming right to the line, out to the twenty five hundred. Certainly looks a positive. Eight two silent sovereign, as Daniel said, she's having a pretty good prep. She won first up. She's held her form since then. Seven Palinamina might be ready to improve. She's had the two runs back from a spell, carrying sixty and a half in mare's benchmark races. So she's up a little bit in grey, but she's getting to her right distance. And importantly, she gets some nice weight relief here, down to fifty four. And eight Canford's coming along well. It was a really good win. And a good ride last time out, getting out to 2,500. Uh, this is a, a shade tougher, but uh, I think he's yeah, got a bit more room for improvement in him in this distance range. Five on top for me from two, seven, and eight. Race five at Morphville on Saturday. Queen of the South Stakes, 1,600-metre group two. Set weights and penalties for fillies and mares. And our fun fact this week was that no mare over the age of six has won the Queen of the South. And... Uh, don't thank me too quickly because there is not only is there no mare over the age of six, there's no mare over the age of five in this field. Daniel, what did you like? I thought it was an open race. I've, I've gone with one I was with last start, uh, pretty keen on last start in the eight, Robe uh, Bay. She meets uh, a few of these at even weights who have uh, much better off at the hand, in a much better handicap rating than her. But I followed her throughout, um, throughout her career and she's always promised that she this sort of level, she was a good thing beating them off the last start. She bombed the start by about five lengths and your ticket was confetti early. But the way she made ground on the day, it was tough too. Um, and only got within two lengths of the winner is um, one of the eight, I thought. Um, look, this isn't the strongest group two in the world. And as I said, I thought she'd always promised to eventually get to this sort of, um, this level. She'll need a career best. There's no doubt about that, but um, she's going pretty well, this preparation and a, and a, each way odds, she's worth a bet, the eight, Row Bay. Nine in next shop till I drop. Another who still has the best racing in front of her. Um, met some good horses here first up, and I thought that uh, was very good running on into second off a, off a long break. So she'll certainly take plenty of benefit from that. In for third, I got the two, Fabric, who's you know, tried and true with these group two, group three um, mares races. Uh, again, she was good in the small field first up behind Missile Mantra, went on to Frank the form. And in for fourth, I have the one in good health. Eight, two, sorry, eight, nine, two, one. 
Yeah, seeing it reasonably similar to Daniel in that I, I think, you know, the top, uh, the ones best placed here under the weights, but certainly respecting a horse like Road Bay as well. I've gone with two fabric. The one query, I guess, is 1,200 to 1,600 second up. But as Daniel touched on, she's sort of proven at this level. This is her go. I think she's the one to beat from one in good health who's been kept fresh, which will suit because I think she's probably looking for further, but they've stated doesn't race since March 19 when fourth in the Sunline Stakes. So I think just being kept fresh uh, suits her and she's very well placed here. Uh, eight row bay in for third. She certainly uh, has a bit of upside about her. And 4,000 wishes coming off a good win at Caulfield second up. Drops three kilos and out to the at this stage of her prep. Two on top for me from one, eight and four. Race six at Morphville on Saturday is the TAB Coben Bronze Stakes, previously known as the Euclid's Classic. It is a group two at set weights for three-year-olds over 1,200 metres and no... Favourite has won it since uh, Champagne Harmony way back in 2008. Uh, this time the favourite is Bo Rotha. And Daniel, you are not with the favourite by the looks of things. No, look, yeah, he's certainly a chance in two uh, wins, first and second up. Rated very highly and very good to the eye, but he's 1,600 back to 1,200 metres here. A little bit of a query. Um, look, wouldn't shock, but uh, yeah, I thought there was plenty of uh, value around him. I've gone the 12 smoking Val on top. It's really only won the one race, and that was on debut back at Murray Bridge. But she's been tested in some very good company since and held it and held that good form. Her career worst result was a, was a good fourth behind McCrura. I think two and a half lengths and a tie for in Tracy, good three. Um, earlier in the year. Uh, she, her two runs in Adelaide since have been excellent. She was four wide with cover in the Rodolva last start, but covered much more ground than the winner, Montessiro, who got the runs to suit on the inside. We know Montessiro is a very classy filly on her day, so no knock going down to her, but she fought hard and was only half a length off that um, filly with the likes of instant celebrity in behind her. So she'll have to go back here from a wide draw, but there looks to be enough pace on for her to get second. Um, yeah, it's got, going, around, going around over the odds once again, smoking Val the 12. So she's my top pick. The six, Litchfield County, was also comes out of Rodalba. He finished third. Um, he too had a sort of a economical run closer to the fence, but he was making up good ground there. Uh, I think he's a very handy Colts, and we'll, yes, still, still get to see the best of him. Nine, Malicorn, who uh, pushed some very good horses earlier in the year, including La Mexicana. Um, she's trialled very well around Brooklyn Hustle and ready this for this. And in for fourth, I have the one ranting. You know, has been working well um, leading up to this assignment. 12 on top of six, nine, and one. Yeah, I'm with 11 Rain Beal here. Very consistent one this prep. But I think you can make cases that she should have won her first couple. She was very unlucky at Caulfield and then had the outside gate and the Typhoon Tracy at the Valley and ran a game second. Things didn't pan out at that track next time. And then she got back on track at Caulfield last time out. She was just edged out by the pretty handy older mare, Cordela. Winker's on. I think it's a good gear change for her. She's hard fit and she can put herself close to the pace. So each way, 11 rain beal. I'll also have a saver on Smoke and Vell like Daniel. I've got a bit of time for this girl. She ran really well in the Rodelva, finishing off strongly out wide. Six, Litchfield County comes through that same race. He also... Ran very well. And I've thrown one ranting in for fourth. On his best form, he's right in this. 
He wasn't disgraced in the Oakley Plate. Had issues last time down the straight at Flemington. Forget that. He uh, jumped in week. 11 on top from 12, 6 and 1. Okay, that was the first leg of the quaddy. The first of the Group 1s is Race 7. The Tab Classic, registered as the Robert Sanctus Stakes. Group 1 stand away for age for fillies and mares worth half a million bucks. Uh, and our fun facts here... Uh, that wide barriers are quite good. And uh, I will bring you the rest of the fun facts after Daniel, you have given me your selections. Yeah, hoping that Rodelva form in the previous race stands up because that will make um, instant celebrity uh, her form read well for this. She comes out of that Rodelva as a touch on. Um, she was running in sort of restricted room at the top of the straight. She was able to get out and she did have a chance, I think, at the end of the 200 meters, in the two, last 200 meters, but. By then, um, the, the first few had sort of already got away. And she, I thought, found the line okay enough. First up, she'll improve that run second up. I think the slight rise to 1,200 metres um, will certainly be of benefit for her. And she's drawn ideally with Craig Williams on board and who, who has already got a good association with the filly. Um, so 15 on top for me, instant celebrity. Intriguing run is a three, subpoenaed, um, who comes out of the group one, Coolmore. A month and a half ago, she sat wide there throughout, so you've got to forgive the margin on that occasion. She sprinted well fresh and winning over 1,300 metres first up. She'll come back in nice nick, and then she's, she too is another who has drawn well, well, so hopefully won't be too far away on the turn. One flit, um, excellent in the William Reed from a long way back there. And in for fourth, I have the 16, Montesira. 15 on top of three, one, and 16. Yeah, I've gone with three subpoenaed on top. Listeners would know she's a, a bit of an old favourite. Of I think she's had a good, nice prep for this. I, I don't think she gets beyond 1,400, to be honest. She won the Golden Pendant at 1,400 last prep. Thought her fresh run in the Millie Fox was good. That was a good win over Madame Rouge. And then she went to the Coolmore, ran okay, finishing just better than mid freshen up back to 1,200. Uh, her run in the Scirocco before that Golden Pendant last from a mile back there in quick time. She made up a stack of ground behind Hawkbury on her. I think if uh, she can settle a bit closer, which she should, because she's drawn quite well, I think she'll hold out late subpoenaed. I think a really good roughie is not... I'll be having something on her. She ran third in the race last year. Just looking at the form on paper, says she's not going as well. But I think there's been excuses. She should have finished closer first up. I thought it was a good return behind Probabile. For a couple of right-handed goes and just gone woefully both times. And you can forget that run at Caulfield. She had a hard run. She was four wide on the speed there. Just no luck at all. So giving her, uh, uh, making a case that she can improve, certainly if she runs up to her run last year. And then the Godolphin pair, one flit, who's been contesting the big guns at Group 1 level in the new market and William Reed and been running pretty well. And Liar, who I was with last year, she ran super for second. She's going every just that she hasn't won for a long, long time, but uh, she'll be hitting the line strongly. Three, nine, one, and five. All righty. Uh, apologies. No, uh, can't get back to those fun facts because uh, my Wi-Fi has dropped out for about the 15th time today. But we move on to race eight, second of the group ones, third leg of the quaddy, Australasian Oaks, set weights for three old fillies over 2,000 metres, and it is also worth half a million. Daniel. As I said earlier, it's a, it's a wide-open race, meaning you can get a, a bit of value um, and a few of these over their true odds. One of these is the 12, Brooks Buyer, who 
has seen a little bit of support during the week. Um, just, just had three runs of preparation of all contained merit. The first one on a wet track, getting um, on well into third there in a, in a race at the Kensington midweek meeting. And the format of that race certainly stood up. The winner, Harmony Rose, went on to contest uh, and run well in a, in a group one during the championships. Um, she was then caught wide in the Kembley Grange Classic. So that means to be forgive, forgiving there. But she still continued to um, keep coming in the straight. And then at Caulfield at the mile last start, went forward from a good draw and and, and bolted in, could have won by much more as a soft effort there. Um, she's drawn well here again. I think she's certainly going to improve up to 2,000 metres being out of the Beale Mare. Um, and um, she's keen to play her 12 Brooksfire. The one in next personal, um, we know, contested, so uh, all throughout her career basically, contested the, the, the high quality races. She's Oak winner in the spring over 2,500 metres. Um, a little bit disappointing in the Vinery last start, but the form prior in in Melbourne um, was pretty handy. I think she's too good a filly to uh, not bounce back in this. Ken Flexible, I thought she was good behind a couple in the Adrian Knox, who have since come out run well in the, the Oaks. Uh, her, her flashing third prior at 800 metres was, was brilliant. I think she's one who's over the odds as well. And in for fourth, hard to leave out the Tasmanian unbeaten filly, Heller. You make a case for a few more. 12 on top of one, 10 and four. Yeah, I've gone with the Kiwi fillies here. I'll be backing both of them. The better draw has swayed me towards Tokarangi, who I've uh, been with quite a bit in New Zealand. And she's run some good races without luck. She beat the boys in a group two. Uh, the Waikato Guineas two runs back. I thought her New Zealand derby run was quite good. She got hampered on the turn, kept finding the line. Now, granted, that New Zealand derby form didn't measure up at all in the Sydney autumn, but I think this is weaker than the Sydney autumn. And I think this is a filly just with a, a bit of upside. She's drawn well, and I think she's way over the odds. Five Lanacord has just kept improving with each run over in New Zealand. She won a maiden. Uh, at uh, sixth or seventh start, then back that up with a Group 2 win. In the lead-up to the Oaks, she finished third in the Oaks. I thought it would run back to the mile with a big weight last time out. It was very good. Just drawn that bad gate. But, again, I think she's way over the odds. Ten flexible. Good in the Adrian Knox. The Quinella there ran the placings in the ATC Oaks. So, form. And 13 Steinem. She was set a bit of a task last time out. Yes, she was out of the placings at $1.60. But, uh, as I said, Outside gate, different story on Saturday from the inside draw. Uh, she'll just need to pick her way through them. But three on top for me from 5, 10 and 13. Uh, well, my fun facts, which are briefly back, uh, so I better make the most of them, about the Shreps Oaks is that nine of the past 13 winners have been last start winners, including five of the past six. So that uh, suits my selection Heller, uh, and in fact, no no Schweppes Oaks winner or Australasian Oaks winner since Anna Marco in 2007. It's finished further back than fourth at her previous start. We move now to race nine, last on the card, last leg of the quaddy, naturally enough. And, uh, well, we sort of go from chocolates to boil lollies here. We go to a benchmark 64 uh, over 1,200 metres. But uh, since we're hot, we may as well finish the quaddy. Daniel? Yeah, I'm pretty keen on one here. I was close to making um, our deep agenda. Uh, one of my best bets on the card. Um, trained up as a sprinter since arriving at the John O'Connor stable and 
speaking to him for an article during the week, uh, he said that yeah, the horse is going really well in its work and, and ready to run a big race first up. Um, shown a bit of versatility in the past while with Tony McAvoy. He stretched it out to 2,000 metres and ran well. He won at 1,500 metres, but most recently he had a sprint trip win and a couple of minor placings um, in his past few runs. <clears throat> Since went for a spell and resumes here, uh, drawn ideally and gets the right jockey on board to drive McNeil. So um, hopefully in the get-out he can, he can get the job done. Our deep agenda... Euphoric Summer and Wide Awake are a couple um, with upsides. Um, back in class here, Euphoric Summer will suits her. And Wide Awake um, comes out of a pretty uh, weak maiden, but the way he won was, was pretty impressive. In for fourth, I have the consistent ocean reward. Nine on top of ten, seven and four. Yeah, this is tough. Uh, I think it's a, a wide leg of the quaddy, so you're going to need to skinny up earlier. I've gone with four ocean reward, who's racing well. Uh, very consistently, just going to need a bit of luck from that wide gate. 16 Barraconi, I didn't mind at a bit of a price. Three-year-old filly against the older horses, but uh, haven't minded her recent runs. I think there's a bit of room for improvement with her. 10 Euphoric Summer, certainly right in the game on her best form. She'll strip fitter for that fresh run at Cranbourne. And 11 Lady Dunmore, last start winner at Morfordville. Had an inside gate there drawn wide here, but she's won two of her past threes coming along well. 4, 16, 10 and 11. Alrighty, that wraps up a massive day at Morfville on Saturday. To recap, Daniel's best race, four number two, Silent Sovereign, value bet race, eight number 12, Brookspire, Joel's best race, four number five, Wycliffe, and value bet race, six number 11, Rain Beal. There are Guineas days at both Hawkesbury and Eagle Farm. We'll take you to Hawkesbury first. Several black type races on the program, starting in race five. Killahy Equine Hawkesbury Crown, 1300 metre group three, set weights and penalties for Phillies and Mares. Joel. Yeah, interesting race, the Hawkesbury Crown this year. I think there's a few chances. I've gone with one of a bit of odds in Gen Rules, number nine from the Snowden camp. She needs dry ground to show her best. I thought her fresh run was good in the Winona Girl. Forget her next run on a wet track behind seasons. Again, struck a bit of a wet track in the Sapphire last start. And I thought she got home pretty well to finish midfield. Just going on her two dry track runs in the spring where she was placed in the Shiraco and the Golden Pendant. That's good enough form for this. I think she's a good player. Four, she shall fly. Interesting Victorian visitor. Wasn't a bad last. First up in the Bella Spree. She didn't have much room and was beaten. Her former Adam Rouge last prep measures right up to a race like this. 12 air to air. Again, sort of running out of her grade, but she's done that both starts this time in, in the birthday card and the Sapphire, and both runs have been excellent. Uh, she's, yeah, she's performing well again in a race like this. And five, Atheride, just kicking off at 1300s, a little negative, but barrier one, and she is very consistent, so she has to be included. Nine on top from four, 12, and five. Uh, I'm with the five on top. Um... Is it Athera, is it? I've always, I've always just thought it was a theory. Well, I think I've chopped and changed, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Either, either or. Um, she's on top. Look, it's a, it's a tough race. I can't lead into anything too confidently here. But I like the re- recent trial. She does go well fresh and has drawn um, drawn nicely here. So she's on top, <clears throat> a theory slash Atherai. I like the 12 as well, air to air. I've always been a fan of her. Um, 
I'll be keener on her if she goes around in the last in a benchmark race. But if here, I think she's worth an each-way bet as well. As Joel said, she's been running in um, this Group 3, Group 2 races in Sydney and hitting the line hard from a long way back. Uh, maybe doesn't get as far back this time around from Barrier 2. It's too sweet deal, um, ever consistent, and has had the one start at Hawkesbury for one win. And in for fourth, Jen Rules. Uh, another fa- fa- she's a favourite of mine as well. Just... Joel touched on those runs in the spring were very good um, and going okay this preparation I think we'll get back from a wide draw and be running on 5-12-2-9 but you can make a case for a few others Alrighty race 6 at Hawkesbury on Saturday is the Hawkesbury 4X Gold Rush 1100 metre listed quality Joel Gone with three Adelong here I think big improver second up she knocked up in the final furlong there when leading them away from the rails and the Sapphire Stakes. She's won two from three second up, and importantly, the 1,100 metres is her go. She's had eight goes, five wins. I think she's over the odds at double figures. Ten in and up. He's a beauty. Always runs well. Very consistent galloper. Probably better with uh, some sting out of the ground, but he's always competitive on top. A 11 embraces, got plenty of speed. Uh, resumes again. Been trialling up well. Could be very hard to catch with a light weight. And 14 St. Covet Spirit, if they overdo it here, in which they could because of a fair bit of speed, line well. She was placed in the Hawkesbury Guineas last behind Rubasaki and subpoenaed in uh, a sandwich during the carnival. She just only won one from 20. That's the negative, but she is good enough to run well. Three on top from 10, 11, and 14. Well, the four way up in the sky was well over the odds uh, in this. She's a mare that can mix her form. Um, showed some of her better form was sort of at the start of her career. But in the last sort of couple of preparations, she's um, been okay without setting the world on fire. I thought she was luckless not to win first up at Canberra on Mossman Gorge. Then in a group three last week with a lightweight on, the, on a wet track, which she does prefer a drier uh, surface. She did have a chance there and managed a midfield finish. This is a weaker race. <clears throat> Ready to peak now third up. I just thought it 20 to 1. Which is well over the odds that way up in the sky. The three and next Adelong, um, big fan of her. She'll improve second up and does enjoy the 1100 metres. Uh, in for third, I've got the resuming Varda and 14, uh, in for fourth and 13 switched. Four on top of three, eight and 13. Race seven at Hawkesbury on Saturday is the Blacktown Workers Club group. Hawkesbury Guineas, 1,400 metres. Group three, set weights and penalties for three-year-olds over 1,400. Joel? Number two, aim for me each way. I think it's over the odds. Um, just banking on that group two, Arrowfield Sprint being a really hot form race. We've seen Prague come out of it and run super in last week's All Aged. 1,400 on a dry track, uh, both positive. Dry ground to show his best. He did that when he won the Magic Millions Guineas earlier in the year. Just going to need a, a little bit to go right from that gate. But I think he's over the odds aim. The one to beat, I think, is three, Ellsberg. That was a terrific return win in the South Pacific. Jumped to the front, gave nothing else a chance. Uh, put three lengths on his nearest rival. He's up four kilos here. And, uh, you know, the other couple of, you know, couple of horses that weren't in that race that, um, uh, you know, like aim and like Eliza Beal that are going really well. So he's just got to uh, take that next step, but no reason why he won't. 10, Eliza Beal, I've been with her right through this prep and 
could certainly have something on her again. Frustrating last week in the James Carr. She was worn down late by All Hallows Eve, but she's going really well. And five Rainbow Connection was a very good run in defeat behind Ellsberg. Hit the line nicely. Just, um, you know, whether he can turn the tables on Ellsberg, I'm not sure. Staying at 1,400, that's the query. But two on top for me from 3, 10 and 5. Yeah, it was a terrific first up win from Ellsberg. And on the back of that, he's... Um... He's hard to go past here. He had the race one a long, race one a long way from home, and it's what having got four kilos. Um, he looks the only leader in this race, and we hard to run down again. I think the three, and the six in next Exo Boom. I think he's one with a bit of um, bit of promise. He was first up at Hawkesbury and went down as a short price favourite, but bumped him a pretty good one in Louvois, who I think will be hard to beat earlier in this program. Fiddle for that run, second up, <clears throat> Exo Boom, and appreciate setting up for the 1400 metres. Four, Acrophobic. I think, yeah, going well. Whether it can turn the table on Ellsberg, I don't think so, but presents into this third up and fitter now, and in for fourth, 10, Eliza Beal. Three on top of six, four, 10. And last of the black type races at Hawkesbury on Saturday is race eight, Evergreen Turf, Hawkesbury Gold Cup, over 1600 metres, Group Three, worth 200,000, Joel. Number well, seven, Royal Celebration on the backup from last week. Just things haven't really gone his way in the last 12 to 18 months. He's always, uh, you know, finding trouble or drawing wide. He didn't have much luck first up uh, with the big weight, trying to find room in the straight. And then last week, wide throughout. And he was very brave, I thought, finishing a half length off the winner. Rock o'clock, uh, third up, should be ready to peak. He has been well found by the market. I thought he may have... Uh, Sort of slipped under the radar a little bit, but as it is, he's favourite. So not not a great deal of value there. Three Purple Sector, probably D-Day for him. Uh, he was good to us last prep. Two runs back have been just okay. I was a bit disappointed by his run in the Doncaster Prelude, but to be fair, it was a real on-paces day, and he settled midfield just off it. And Look, he didn't make any ground at all. That was the knock, but I'm willing to give him one more go third up on a fair track, hopefully. Two Archidemus, third up. Also coming through that race last week behind Rocker Clock. Uh, he's had uh, a couple of goes at this race for a win and a second. And he looks very well set up to go close again, third up. And eight looks like Elvis off a bit of a freshen. Uh, like him back to this distance. I don't think he really runs 2,000. He can certainly bounce back. Seven on top from three, two, and eight. He got the three. All righty. Oh, sorry. Go on, Daniel. You're right. Uh, he's got the three on top, Purple Sector. Yeah, I think he can find his best form. He'll certainly be hard to beat. Um, it's a big if. He hasn't yet to fire this preparation. Um, so just banking on if he can sort of get back to his best up to the 1,600 metres here. He's a good winner at Randwick over this trip, beating Pancho. Won well that day before going on to an illicit race at Melbourne, uh, on Melbourne Cup Day. Next start. Uh, the one in next, Graceful Glamour. Um, we've got a dry track here, which she needs. Mixed her form this prep, but the Nimalee form and the Emancipation 2 back reads well for this. Seven raw celebration and then the 10. Live in the fast lane, next best. Three on top of one, seven, ten. Okay, that wraps up the black time. Hawkesbury, when it comes to the specials, we have heard about the value bets. Joel's was race seven, number two, aim. Daniel's race six, number four, way up in the sky. Talk us through your top tips, starting with you, Joel, and race four, number one, Luncey's. Yeah, this imported son of Ifraj. He won four from six in the UK, now with Chris Lees. I thought he did more than enough first up in Australia at Canterbury over the 1550. He just didn't quicken 
you know, sort of from the 500 and around in the bend, but I thought he hit the line quite well. Mr. Dependable, the winner, has won again, the runner-up. Uh, Lena's hero has since won, so there's good enough form out of it. Yes, he's up to 60 kilos um, and giving weight away to some promising types down towards the bottom. That's the query. But gate one and the step up in trip are the positives, and I think his class will get him through race four, number one. My best bet, if she runs in the last, is air to air. She a couple of scratches. We know she's down to run earlier in the card, um, so they, the trainers might elect to to head there. I think she's an each way chance in that. But if she runs in the last, back to benchmark grade, I think she'll be hard to beat. In case she doesn't run, I'll make my next best earlier in the day. Race three, number nine, tipping point in the in the highway handicap. Um, plenty to like about his win first up at Orange. It, I don't think he beat a whole heap there, but the way he sort of rounded them up in made up about five or six lengths in the space of about 150 metres and put them away. The win hard held was an impressive win. 4.3-year-old, we can go on with it here and and replicate um, that sort of evidence. You'll certainly let them know that, that he's here in this race three, number nine. All righty. As I mentioned, there is also a Guineas meeting in Brisbane at Eagle Farm, to be precise. And uh, there's plenty of, or there's a fair bit of other there as well, starting with the two-year-olds in race six. And that is the Treasury Brisbane Dalrello Stakes. Set weights for the two-year-olds over 1,000 metres at listed level. Daniel. I liked one um, in Snowdrop, but she's been scratched looking at the field. So I'll have to wait um, for another day with her, which is well over the odds in that. But they, she, she did draw pretty awkwardly, so perhaps they're going to wait for a, uh, they draw a better barrier with her. Um, in for, I had the seven before the scratching. I had the seven, Miss Hipstar, in the second. So she goes to the top now. <clears throat> I want a trial leading into this, Miss Hipstar. Uh, very good preparation last uh, initial campaign. Third behind Swift, Swift Witness on the Gold Coast after a couple of dominant wins, first and second up. She then sat wide in the Magic Millions, um, never really on the track there. So giving that one, but yes, yeah, has recently won a trial leading to this. So uh, come back in good order, it seems. The seven, Miss Hipstar. Uh, in for second, not the eight, Stella Magic, um, who got out the right time and showed up a neat turn of foot to win there. She, he's, she's now won two or three this preparation. Shima's already picked up stakes placing last um, last start, third behind Polele. Reed's good for this in Sydney. Then for fourth, I have the 12 Oriental Princess. Seven, eight, uh, six, and 12. Uh, seven, Miss Hipstar for me. Big fan of this girl. I think she can make it through to better races later in the carnival. I don't think she's a 1,000-metre filly, to be honest, but uh, the way she trialled the other day, um, suggest I think she's going to be very hard to beat. I think the only danger is Ashima, who's got the good 1,000-metre form, just getting tired late at the end of 1,100 last time out. But she was third in the Group 3 kindergarten. This is a bit easier, I think, outside of Miss Hipstar. Uh, 10, Berdini's girl, showed good promise in that first prep. Uh, number one, Military Gambler, is racing well. Justin Huxable does prefer Berdini's girl to him, so I've lent that way in my numbers. But keen on seven from 6, 10, and 1. That was the first leg of the quarter. The second leg is race 7, and it is the main race of the day. The Treasury Brisbane Queensland Guineas, 1,600-metre group 2 at set weights for three-year-olds, three and it is worth 350000 Daniel. 
not the strongest uh, rendition of this race. I think it's uh, sets up nicely for Private Eye, who, based on his run in the, um, the 1,400 metres last start, he seems to want all of the mile now. He was getting warm, took a while to get warm, but once warm, he, he hit the line nicely when the second behind Ellsberg, who when the touched on, was just far too speedy for him. Um, short enough, about $2.40, I think, in the last looks, but does look hard to beat with even luck. Apache Chase in next. Um, he can mix his form, this bloke, but has a very good turn of foot on his day. He was far too good in the daybreak lover last start. Um, he untested at 1,600 metres, but I think the way he did win over 400 metres last start indicates he'll handle the rising trip. Tumbler Ridge's last start win was very good, and the um, form of that race is up. Second horse, Linthorpe Lad, has since won well at his next start. In for fourth of the two, Hollyfield. My numbers, four on top of one, five, and two. Yeah, I've gone with two, Hollyfield on top here. Just expecting good improvement from him second up. He was unplaced fresh last prep, and then second up he improved to win the Ming Dynasty, carrying 59 kilos. He missed out first up in the South Pacific, but he had a torrid run. He was caught wide throughout with the 59. Forgetting that inside gate and a two from two second up, I think he can bounce back. Four private eye was very good in that South Pacific, hit the line strongly, out to the 1600 should suit. And then I found the Chris Waller pair in next. Uh, probably you know, going to improve as they get over a bit further, but eight Karacha and seven Bucharest. Um, yeah, because Queensland Guineas, I can't remember it being moved in the carnival. Uh, to this early, but uh, it used to be a very good race. But, yeah, early in the carnival, it's probably lacking a bit of quality. It was previously, what, three weeks later? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And used to used to get, yeah, or whatever. But, yeah, it seems to have uh, popped up very, very quickly this time. Yeah, it's the Aussie uh, old... Uh... Aussie racing uh, calendar clash. We love them. We love running Guineas races on the same day, don't we? Uh, <laughs> race, uh, race 8 is the other black type race at Eagle Farm on Saturday. It's the TAB Victory Stakes. Two standard weight for age worth 250, Daniel. Yeah, a good lead up for the Dubin 10,000 Group 1. This and uh, trekking the hard to beat here, I think. He's certainly the class of the the field, he's um, he measured up in some of the better races in the spring. Very good in an Everest, three lengths behind Classic Legends, um, and a pair of seconds in in the two Mooney Valley sprints, the Moyer and the Manicato. He's well placed here at Wait for Ages. Run a race fresh, um, and yeah, I think he's well placed in trekking. I've got the two in next Vega one, who I made my best bet on the card um, in Brisbane a couple of weeks ago. He just the 1,000 metres was the concern, the, the, the slight concern for me if there was one. I just thought he'd be too good for him, even with the 60 kilos on the back of a really good trial. But um, it, it turned out that way. The 1,000 metres was too nippy for him and just found a couple better with the, with the lighter weight. He was working home well and he did hand in his best work late. So I think over 1,200 metres, second up, we'll see a much improved performance and a clear second pick. The seeker, prominent in this, will go forward and should be in this for a long way. Very favourable racing style. And the, the um, Emerald Kingdom in next, the five, has been trialling well for this. One on top of two, ten and five. Yeah, I don't think there's too many hopes here. Trekking, very hard to beat. Clearly the best horse in the race. Fresh last prep, he was you know, just a, sort of a couple of bounds away from winning a Moyer. I think 1,200 is better for him as long as he gets the dry track, which he should get. 
and gets clear running in the straight, he'll be very hard to beat. For Seeker, will be hard to run down. She's a good mare and she's back in form. That was a tough win in the Sapphire first up. She'll have a head start on Trekkie and make him chase. Two Vega one certainly will improve off that fresh run out to 1,200. And a bit of a gap then back to Master Jamie, who's got a good overall record, 13 from 23. He was pretty good first up in the Ascot handicap. One on top from 10, 2 and 7. Alrighty, that wraps up the black type at Eagle Farm. Joel's best was race six, number seven, Miss Hipster. Value bet, race seven, number two, Holyfield. Daniel, your value bet in the paper is out and we haven't heard about your best, so talk us through your specials. My best bet, Barks, comes up in race three, uh, the Chris Waller train, so you win. He has to turn the tables on Junction and uh, get stuck in, who fought out the race last start and get stuck in was a bit of a controversial winner on protest there. So you win was doing his best work late into third. He's a much better horse at 815 meters and he is the 1400 and his second up record is really good. Three from six. So <clears throat> I think it's closer and running here from barrier one. And we'll take some, take some holding out race three, number four. So you win. My amended value bet will come up in the first in the form of the 13 roasted who, like a two runs this preparation, been been pretty good. She's sort of got back, um, she got back first up from a whitish draw and hit the line nicely there and then held her ground last start in a benchmark 72 at Ipswich. Um, I don't think that's a, a track that really suits her. She gets to Eagle Farm. I think that's a much better track for her. She'll be <clears throat> running on hard and she, she's never she's never really there away, that far away without winning a whole heap roasted. So I think third up... Um, Michael Cahill going on board. Very, very good jockey up in that area of the world. I think she's uh, well over the odds at 20 to 1. So that's my value. Um, race 1, number 13, roasted. All righty. Back in Melbourne, uh, they are racing at Ladbrokes Park, a sand and hillside for uh, what we usually call uh, meaty winter fair. Uh, there's an open two-year-old, an open three-year-old, an open handicap and the rest are all benchmark races. Joel, what were your specials on the Sandown card? Yeah, we're going head-to-head, me and you, Barks, with our best bet. I've gone race four, number five, Miyaki. I thought he did more than enough second up at Caulfield, getting to 2,000 metres. Did just really sort of left his run too late. Um, Perhaps wasn't urgent enough uh, to get towards the leaders coming to the turn. And then, yeah, so I thought he battled away quite well. He's got a a little bit of ground to make up on Grand Promenade, who I think is the main danger, but uh, just hoping third up out to 2,400. He's got good staying for Miyaki, so I've lent his way. And my value is the Kiwi in race six. Well, there's a couple of them. Uh, Amy's Jewel and Opalescence. I'm leaning towards Opalescence. Uh, I think she's come up big odds at around 20 to 1. She's got good New Zealand form, very consistent, won four times. She's a group three winner over the boys and been matching it with some pretty decent types. I uh, think she's, yeah, way over the odds in a pretty open Phillies and Mares race, race six, number four. Yeah, we'll be shaping up as Joel and I versus you, Barks. I'm, I'm with Miyaki as well as my best bet. I thought um, he, he look at his chance second up. I did like him there, a little soft in the market, but worked the line pretty well. Good form over 2,400 metres. He's got a... A win over this trip and a win over Charlie Rose over 2,530. So I think ready to win now, Miyaki. And I think he can turn the tables. Um, 
here. So he's my best, race four, number five. And my value comes up in race seven. I'm a big fan of the 16, Misconduct. Um, completely forgive the Cranbourne miss two back. She was just never got out at all there. Um, thought she ran on pretty hard and just missed a couple of smart ones. More secrets. Pretty handy horse from the Hawk stable. Um, and, and I thought she's just building up now nicely, this preparation, ready to peak fourth up. Um, and going well, misconduct, plenty of upside. Race seven, number 16. Uh, well, as you mentioned, Grand Promenade is my best and my value bet. And in fact, it will be interesting to see how that does uh, pan out because uh, it's a race that where a lot of people uh, fancy something in, in your winning post. There's uh, counting Joel, who's not in the winning post tips this week. We've got uh, three people going for Miyaki and three for Grand Promenade. And then uh, you got Tony Rickards going for Bondi Sands as well. All best bets, apparently. Uh, race, my value bet is the Tasmanian uh, for Scott Brunt and Lim's Cruiser in the next. That's uh, race five, number four. Thought might sneak over and uh, pick up one of these juicy six-figure uh, six purses. Uh, yeah, marked, it, marked at about eight bucks in the winning post. So each way, if the eight start, but um, might shorten a bit too as well. Um, now, my Wi-Fi has dropped out again, so I will hold Perth back, Joel, until you have discussed New Zealand. Okay, yeah, well, we've got uh, a couple of good meetings across the Tasman on Saturday, Tarapa and Hastings, uh, some black type action at both uh, meters. Well, black type action at Tarapa, a couple of open handicaps at Hastings. Uh, Tarapa, my best, comes up in race two, and it's number five, Hot Seltzer. A couple of these horses come through the same maiden uh, that they contested last time out, and I uh, thought Hot Seltzer was the best run out of that race, finished second, really attacked the line well. Step out to 1,400 is a big plus, and uh, it comes from a good stable, John Bell. He doesn't have a, a huge team, but uh, very competitive team. So he's the best. My value is in the first uh, – sorry, in the third race. It's in the two-year-olds, uh, two-year-old event race, three, number 10, for rank. Uh, liked recent trial, this uh, daughter of Delgar. She trialed well earlier in the year, and a, and a recent one I thought was very strong under a hold when finishing second. And just keep an eye on that field because a few of the two-year-olds are in there. They're also in the two-year-old race at Hastings. Uh, there's quite a few double acceptors, so just uh, probably wait until you see what the final field is. But that's the value, race three, number 10. And at Hastings, the best is race four, number four, White Lightning. Dropping back in class and distance, she was placed in this benchmark grade over a mile two back and then uh, tried her luck in stakes company last time out, out to 2,000. Uh, this is more suitable. I think she can bounce back. And the value, I'm going with the two-year-olds again. Race two, number 10, Flying Amelia. Had the wide gate on debut, went back. Uh, the stable mate, uh, which we quite liked that day, jumped from a wide gate, went to the front and won. I thought Flying Amelia did enough from the back. Barrier one Saturday. I expect them to use that, put her a lot closer, and she can be a sharp improver at odds. Race two, number 10. All righty, Ascot the venue again for Perth Racing on Saturday. Starting to quieten down a bit there. Ascot Carnival pretty much now done and dusted. And we just wait to pack up tables and chairs and move over the road. But there's still winners to be found. And BJ Ryan's best 
is race one, number three, at the very civilised time of 1.49 Eastern, and that is Badet the Star. And his value bet comes up. There is, an, there is a final of the Autumn Series over there, and his value bet comes up in race eight. That is number 10, Lace Vinsky. And that wraps up the preview section of the program. Just before we get to the Lazy Lobsters, Joel, uh, uh, we should note that the winning post team has had uh, a, a shock bereavement during the uh, or the last week, towards the end of last week, with uh, the passing of Peter Lyon, our Brisbane correspondent, uh, fantastic worker who uh, uh, can't really ever recall him taking a holiday and being with us for uh, a couple of uh, decades at least. Uh, would you be able to say a few words about Peter? Yeah, indeed, Bart. Yeah, it was a great shock. Uh, got that news last weekend. And, uh, yeah, as you said, uh, tireless worker with the winning post, um, uh, close to 25 years, we believe, and certainly been there throughout my 15 or 16 years with the with the publication. And, uh, yeah, certainly gotten quite close to Pete over the years. Uh, spent uh, two or three trips with him up on the Gold Coast for a Magic Millions race day uh, that he was kind enough to invite me along to and be a part of... Uh, trainer Gillian Heinrich's uh, hospitality for the meeting and we yeah we had some great times there so yeah he will be very sadly missed Pete so to his partner Karen and all uh, family we pass on our condolences and uh, yeah I'll be keeping a close eye on uh, a couple of horses that were in his name he loved horse ownership and he's, there's a couple of horses running around at the moment that he was involved in so we'll keep a close eye on those. All righty, well said, and uh, our condolences also, of course, to Peter's, uh, to Karen and Peter's family and friends. Um, that brings us to our best $20 bet of the week, Lazy Lobsters. Yes, well, uh, lazy lobsters, uh, close but no cigar is the expression that comes to mind. All three of us managed to find a runner-up last week. Perfect Zed, Superium and Captivator. Joel, which way are you going this week? Yes, it was unfortunate last week to kick off with a second in the first in Adelaide and uh, we got a couple of roughies later in the day. Should have chucked it their way. But look, we'll go again for a shorter price. Not quite favourite, but I think she'll win. I'll go with Miss Hipstar. Eagle Farm race six, number seven, and, and hopefully she can kick off the prep with a win. Um, I'm going to fire in a protest, I think, because <laughs> I my I was having Wi-Fi issues last week, Barks, and I was had to flick you through a message. Um, Captivator did run her up, but the, the horse I sent you, or meant to send anyway, might have made a typo, but look, it was Captivon who did win. Um, so I'll I might claim that one if you don't if you boys don't mind. Um, <laughs> take the drought. Well, I tell you, we'll we'll go to tape on that one because uh, I reckon I've probably just scrawled down captive or something, and uh, <laughs> so well. So, but I mean, unfortunately, if I if I misunderstood you and I told them captivator, I'm afraid you're just going to have to live with it because we are professionals and that's not the way we go about things. But okay. uh, I'll go back to the tape and we'll have an update next week. Fair enough. Um, I'm going to go to Brisbane for mine. Uh, race three. 
think it looks a good race for So You Win um, and a pretty backable price as well. Race three, number four, Eagle Farm. And I am going to go with uh, the despised one that neither of you uh, give any chance to, and that is, oh, sorry, Daniel gives a small chance to. That is Morfordville race eight, number four, Heller. Uh, we just something to remind you to pick up your winning post if you haven't already online now in the shops first thing Friday morning, all the form for Friday, Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday. Plenty of a great reading besides. Uh, we hope you back plenty of winners over the weekend, punters, and we will talk to you next week on a preview podcast.